Welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the show designed to keep youth workers motivated and youth ministries moving forward. Now, here's your host, blogger, speaker, and lover of nerd stuff, Paul Turner. What is up, Motion Maniacs? I am here for you today. I know that you are looking for some encouragement, some motivation. You want to keep your ministry moving forward, and that is what I'm here to do today. I hope that you are having a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Uh, It is uh, Easter week. It is uh, Palm Sunday, and uh, I had a fantastic Sunday. I hope that you did too. We did a mission walk with our students today, and uh, it is part of a week-long thing that we did. We were going to do more miles on Saturday, but we did a walk, uh, hopefully doing 26 miles. And what we did was, is I had kids walk these miles, so many per day. Uh, And then on Sunday morning, this morning, we took them about six miles out, six and a half miles out, and actually walked, uh, carrying some crosses. And and it was a, we walked right into the service. In fact, I have some video on my uh, Facebook page. If you don't follow me on Facebook, you can check me out at facebook.com slash Paul W. Turner. Catch me there. I'm also going to send out some links for the Fresh Impact Newsletter people, all you folks, the Fresh family, love you guys. Thank you for being involved and engaging and sending questions and all that kind of good stuff. Appreciate you guys. And so today, here we are for the uh, Youth Ministry in Motion podcast. It's a great day. It's a great day. It's a beautiful day. A little chilly here in Birmingham. I don't know how the weather is where you are, uh, but uh, it is a bit chilly today for a spring day, for a first spring day. So, but uh, yeah, so today... It's going to be a great day and a great week uh, celebrating the Lord as he entered into Jerusalem in his final week of life on this earth and uh, and then into Easter. And so it is a celebratory time. Uh, You know what else it is? It's also a time uh, for uh, Easter eggs and peeps. My peeps. What do you think about peeps, guys? I do love them. I have to say, they are an enjoyable treat. And so uh, if you're looking for some ways, I have a few ways here. By the way, before I get into that, uh, I just want to say that uh, this is going to be a very meat, meaty, meat-enriched, meat-drenched podcast. A lot going on in my brain in this one about the dangers of choosing, uh, choosing the church you're going to choose. You may have already chosen... And uh, you may just have to deal with what you got, and you'll be nodding your head a little bit here uh, post post getting your job. But if you're not in a particular position or you're leaving a position, it will benefit you to listen to this as you choose maybe your next church. So just be aware of that. And you'll want to get the notes for this, by the way. So be sure to go to thedisciplesproject.net, sign up for the Fresh Impact newsletter. I would love you to have you a part of that community and part of the Fresh family. I send out weekly links and weekly good stuff for you and notes from the podcast, along with some extra bonus stuff um, that I offer. So be a part of that. We'd love you to join up. So be a part of those things and go sign up and be a part of the Fresh Impact newsletter, Fresh Family. Okay, so some peeps here. If you're looking for some ideas this Wednesday for uh, working with your peeps there, uh, first of all, teenagers love peeps. Just put that out there. First of all, if you have a little diner or even if you don't, you want to make a little delicious treat, uh, go ahead and do. You can, And they say that they're good. I'm going to try this where you actually freeze the peeps. I've never frozen a peep, but I'm going to try it this year. And then the other thing is about rolling. I saw the picture of this and they were rolling them in like 
peanuts or coconut or some other thing. Now, I say it's going to be good no matter what. You could do like a fondue, like a peep fondue. What do you think about that? A peep fondue where you could take it, have some hot chocolate stuff, put the peep on a stick, dip it into the hot chocolate mix, and then let them roll it around in several little mixtures. That would be a fun uh, little treat you could have at the end of your youth ministry. You could sell them for a buck a piece in your little cafe, which is what we may do. I don't know. That's what I'm looking at doing. But uh, that just sounds good. I haven't tried them frozen yet. And you can do the frozen thing too, is roll them in the chocolate, hot chocolate, roll them in the other stuff, and then put them in the freezer, and then uh, pull them out and eat them. So if you've done that before, I'd love to know if you've done that. Um, one, uh, I saw was called, was about sweetening your coffee. You could actually take your peep and dip it into your coffee. I've never tried that, but I bet you that would be slightly delicious. The sugar on there would certainly equal at least a packet of sugar, if not more. Um, let's see, you could make Easter s'mores. Now, my goodness, that just makes my mouth water right there. That just sounds so good. Taking a peep and putting it between two graham crackers with Hershey's chocolate on top, my goodness. I'm going to stop the podcast and just go out there right now and make some. Um, Now, uh, you could play some games. There are some peep-driven games, and I might look for a few for you uh, to send in the the newsletter. But things like, uh, you know, you had Chubby Bunnies, and I know this has been done with peeps before. But instead of calling it Chubby Bunnies, obviously you could call it Pleasantly Plump Peeps. In other words, how many peeps can you put in your mouth and then say pleasantly plump peeps to where to the degree that you can actually understand what the person is saying. So try that if you'd like. Uh, Peep announcements. I just thought about that one off the top of my head. Like, why not have a little peep do your announcements? Do like a little video where there's two peeps talking and you put the peeps in like for Instagram or uh, just for a quick video and the peeps you can have little cut out um, you know, put them on where they're, where they're there and you can take little, uh, quote bubbles and write on the quote bubbles and stick them in the peeps and have them do the announcements with some little clever music underneath about what's going on. I may try that as well. Um, let's see, uh, some other things. Now, by the way, if you're ever looking for just ideas, I like peep, right? So I'm coming up with just a few of these I got from websites, which I'll include in the newsletter, but also there's some of these things I just found and just thought of it myself because I chose, I said, what rhymes with peep? Okay, well, it runs with peep. So I found synonyms for peep, and um, and found uh, I did something called I wrote something now called peep leap, a peep leap. So I thought of like lining up peeps like in cars, right? And somehow you could either have kids jump over the peeps and just line up as many peeps uh, as possible, and have kids run and try to jump over them. How many peeps could they actually leap over? That would be a fun little activity, little contest you could have. Um, some other things, um, also a heap peep or a heap of peeps where you could take a pile of peeps and then the kids would take them and they could tear them apart. They could do what they want and they'd have to put, give them some like toothpicks and like have them remake something with the peeps, have them create something new with it. Uh, and the last little idea I have with that is, uh, the cheap peep, the cheap peep. And I thought, why not have an auction? And, uh, and maybe you could have some of these, um, you know, the dipped, you know, chocolate things, these chocolate, like peeps dipped in chocolate, uh, peeps having all these various variations on peeps and actually auction them off for, you could do like a packet of them 
uh, like five or six of them you could buy uh, and do it like for five bucks or maybe ten dollars and just have kids bid. You know, have kids bid on the peeps to where you could have that could be your offering for the night. Uh, it could be just a fun little fundraiser that you need a little extra money for or just, you know, have, use that money and put it in bank in somebody's account. And give it away for, uh, you know, for camp or something like that. So, you know, a cheap peep auction. So there you go. How about that? For some ideas to use with your peeps this year, I will definitely be just eating them straight out of the box because they're uh, enjoyable. So I will do that. Please let me know what you think. And if you have some great peep ideas, uh, you can send them to thedprojectatme.com. So, all right. So moving out of the peep zone and into the meat of today's uh, Youth Ministry in Motion podcast. Um, maybe I should call this, well, I can't call it that. I was going to say meat in motion, but that, that doesn't sound right. That just doesn't sound right. We're just going to call it meat, the meat, the meat of the podcast. <laughs> the meat of the podcast. Uh, so there are dangers. And by the way, this little segment here I'm going to bring to you uh, by, is going to be brought to you by uh, my store. And uh, my store, if you've never been there, it's shop.thedisciplesproject.net. And there's a ton of resources on there, including the brand new resource, Soul Wars. If you've not tried that yet, if you've not gone there and looked at it, if you've not gotten the downloadable free uh, free lesson you get with that, please go there and get that. It's a free lesson, even if you never use the series. But I bet you, once you look at the lesson, once you see all the goodies you get with it, I'm going to say that you're going to love it. And you're going to. Do, I'm fixing to teach it to my youth group in the next couple of weeks, and it's just going to rock. It is Star Wars flavored. It's got some Star Wars geeky goodness flavor to it. So be sure to stop by and take a look at that. And uh, that is today's meat segment brought to you by shop.thedisciplesproject.net. So anyway, so are you in a church? How did you choose? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. We say after a little, how did I get here? How did I choose the church that I'm currently in? And the question becomes, there's dangers in this, right? The danger is that we can choose a church or we can choose a leader. Now, there's dangers maybe in both inherently, but the greater danger may be that the fact is that you are choosing a church. And when you choose a church, you are choosing maybe a church because it has cool stuff. Uh, It's a big church. It has lots of resources. Um, you like the culture of that church. Maybe you maybe like the area of a church. Uh, you may like the city that the church is in. Uh, you may like the paycheck. You may, may like the opportunities. Maybe it affords you in some way. Um, the issue is with choosing a church is the fact that if we're choosing a church based on those things, we're, we're, we're leaving out of the equation um, that we are choosing a, ch- a church and not a leader. In other words, you're going to have to work there, right? You're going to be employed by the church, paid. For, you know, if you're paid, you're going to be paid for that. And um, then you're, get, you're stuck with whatever leader you get, right? If you're choosing a church based on the culture and you think about all the great ideas and you think about all the great potential of the youth ministry, but you're not putting in perspective what that leader is like. And that's not just the, you know, that's the head pastor. That's the lead pastor you're considering. But you're also uh, saying, you know, maybe some of the associates and things like that. Uh, These are the people you're going to do life with. 
And uh, there is no perfect church, by the way. There, and by the way, if you're thinking there is, a, there is a, there are more perfect scenarios, uh, but there are is no perfect scenario. I would say because you're always going to be in a position where you're going to have to learn. I know we hate that. We hate growing. We hate being pruned. We hate God lopping off things of us. But God places us in various places, as He has done with me. I have chosen churches based on potential, right? And I did not think about the leader. I did not think about the leader. I did not think about, I'm going to be working with this guy 24 hours a day or or seven days a week or whatever it's going to be. And I didn't think to myself, you know, what is this person like? Do I like this person? I really thought more of opportunity. And so many of us have chosen, if you're with me, I have chosen so many jobs based on the fact that I just needed a job, that I I settled for a, a, a church and I did not consider the leadership. I just looked at the potential, oh, what I could do with this and what I could do with that. And I did not dive deep enough into the, the idea that I would be working with this man who would have oversight of me. And I just didn't think about that. You know, I, I just, I mean, I was young, stupid, uh, whatever it is, you know, uh, all your interviews are great because they, everybody's got their best face on there. Um, and so you're, you're looking at that and saying, is this person who I want to hang out with? And, um, you know, and, and they, and first impressions are all good. Right. And then suddenly you think to yourself, well, is this really where I want to be? I mean, you hit that dip, right? You hit that point of where you realize now that maybe you made some choices based on promises or based on potential or based on a lot of other factors, but you didn't consider it the leader that you're going to be spending time with, who's going to oversee your ministry. Now, for me, in choosing a leader, and this is where I'm going to break it down for you, what I should have been looking for and what I really was looking for, but I think I was blinded by some other things, you know? I was blinded by opportunity or the building or the youth room or any of those things. And they're all, that's all great and wonderful things. But at the end of the day, you don't work with the youth room. You got to work with, you know, you don't work with the budget. You work with the people. And I probably did not pay enough attention to looking at the leader's life. And I did not consider it because I was so desperate for a job or because I was blinded by all the possibilities, potentials, and vision. And ultimately, at the end of the day, you pray about it and you say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And uh, But I think there were some other factors in those cases in churches that I chose potential over the leader, and I should have known better. And so let me offer you just a few things that I look for, and I would encourage you to make a list of your own things that you're going to be looking for, and that's going to be in the notes as well. You're going to get a little worksheet, by the way, in the Fresh Impact newsletter. And so the things I look for are, I look for relational, compassionate, do they have any mentoring skills? Are they looking to mentor me? Now, look, this was back in the day. If you're a young youth worker or have not been in youth work very long, definitely that's a possibility. You want to say, I like a mentor. Because so many youth pastors don't know how to mentor their youth pastors, don't know how to ask the right questions, don't know how to do, don't know how to handle that. They just give people jobs and then send them off. And then it's pass or fail. Like if you screw up, they tell you you're screwed up and then you get yelled at. Or if you do good, you get a pat on the head and a cookie, and then you know you're gone from that. But there, other than that, there's no relational mentorship unless it's like by video or something else. And if you're looking for that, then you're going to have to be very particular. But you know, for me was and I and I'm maybe I'm too old. I don't think I'm too old now because luckily I found a pastor 
who's older than me, who's a little wiser than me now. And um, what I what I did there was I I am I'm being mentored in a way, not in the way that I'd like to be mentored necessarily. <laughs> I have my own ideas about that, but I am being mentored by simply watching his example. And he doesn't do it the way why I would do it, uh, but he does do it in a way that translates to me. And so. Uh, relational, compassionate, mentor uh, thing, friend. Can I be friends with this guy? Can I? Do I see myself going to dinner with them? Can I go to dinner with them? Uh, or his wife? Uh, that's a big factor there. You know, the wives are often part of the packages, right? That's just you're going to deal with it. You're going to be enamored with all the the stuff they throw at you as far as hiring you and things like that. And and then suddenly you realize that it's a package deal with the, you know that the the pastor's married and has a wife, and the pastor and wife have issues sometimes. Or you know the wife is super controlling and freaking out. And it's just a deal. It's just some, there's things you got to pick up on in those meetings as, you know, and I don't know how to tell you to do that per se, as uh, being self-aware, being aware of your surroundings, watching little things, watching how people interact, right? And so uh, the thing about friend, let me break this down for you, how I look at a relationship with a pastor. And this is, this is I think, the best way to go about it. Number one is that, uh, a pastor and his staff operate on a believer level first. In other words, me and you are brothers in Christ or sisters in Christ or whatever it may be. And we are we are believers. We operate under biblical principles. We are those kind of people. We operate on that level. And so when something goes awry or something happens or whatever, let's, let's operate in the spirit of, of good scripture and operate in the good spirit, period, of the Holy Spirit of how we respond and respond to one another in biblical fashion, uh, filled with love and compassion and all those things. We don't yell at people. We don't do those things. That's just not... I'm not going to, I don't play that game anymore. Um, you know, we say, Paul, you talk real tough, man. Well, as somebody who has been, you know, uh, fired from a couple of jobs uh, for for just not drinking all the Kool-Aid most of the time, um, you know, that was just me. You know, I earned that and that's what I got. Um, but uh, I'll just tell you, I operate in that believer level. Uh, where we operate as believers. And when people start stepping out of that into this, you know, then there's the next level of friends, right? We're our believers first. We're friends next. We can talk to one another. We have a friendly relationship. We may not be best buddies, but we at least operate on a friendship level to where we can talk to one another as friends. Um, not Obviously, there's always that invisible line there between lead pastor and subordinates, Right, that's there's bosses, which is then you know uh, have that uh, element where you f- can't cross too many lines, and uh, because of that's just a, sometimes that's just the relationship. That's just the way the relationship goes. Um, the third area where it gets into that is the employer employee level. So it's believers first, friends second. Uh, do, going out to dinner doing a hobby together, going out golfing, you know, things like that. You, things you got to ask yourself before you take that job is, can I do these things with that? Can I be friends or friendly with this pastor? Is there things that we share together, things, that, ideas that we share? You say, Paul, I, why do I have to do all that? I just want a job. I just want to, well, look, you're going to do that, but how long are you going to do that job? 
before you hit a place where, you know, you're frustrated, you know, where you're not connecting with the pastor, you're not connecting with your leadership because you chose based on culture, you chose on paycheck, you chose on opportunities, and now you find yourself in a very lonely position because you don't have the kind of leader you want. Um, and so the last element there is the employer-employee ratio. And here's, here's where this is flipped, right? That may we get stuck in positions where it is an employer-employee. It is not Bible-based relationship. It's not even friendly. It's all results-driven. Now, I'm not saying that you should, we should, there should not be any results, by the way. We can't overlook the fact that there are no results if, there, in fact, there's no results or there's things going on. But in reality, uh, I don't want an employer... If I want an employer-employee relationship, I would go somewhere else that was secular where, look, if I don't do the job, just fire me. Just get rid of me. But when you're in the church... And I know you got to have high standards in church. And I know you, you know, I'm not asking anybody to lower the bar for me. I'm asking, let's handle our business wisely. Let's go from believers, the believer relationship first, friends next, employer. If the last, if the, in other words, if, if we can't handle it on the believer level somehow, right? We're just kind of going back and forth. But if, but let's speak in friend to friend, believer to believer, friend to friend. And then if it gets down to it, fine, come at me like the employer-employee deal. But, you know, that's not going to work if that is the first choice. If the first choice is employer-employee, if that's the tone of the relationship, I don't see myself staying there very long. Uh, I don't see myself being in that realm. Um, And that's, you know, happened to me. And uh, I just, I've gotten to an age and a place where that's not who I want to be. And that's not the person that I want to work for. And so I am blessed to have the pastor I have right now because we are very much on the believer to believer and friends to friends. And very rarely is there employee, if at all, I don't think I've had that kind of relationship at all with the pastor I'm at with now, where uh, it's an employer employee type situation where uh, something has to happen from that level. So I am grateful for that. Um, and so um, let me offer just a few things. Let me offer you a few tools here that will help you. Uh, is an article by Priscilla Clayman from the Harvard uh, Business Review about asking, you know, uh, asking questions, right? That when we are in the interview, we are as much interviewing our the our potential pastor that we want to pastor us, not just employ us, but pastor us. And we've have to, we've got to ask good questions. And so the first question is ask good questions, right? So what kind of questions should I ask? Um, I have on my website, uh, thedisciplenproject.net, I have a uh, blog post called the questions that I think it was the seven or 10 questions you should ask um, your senior pastor when you're in an interview. Uh, because these inter- these questions you're going to ask, you're interviewing the pastor as much because you're going to spend an enormous amount of time with them. And if you're if you're going to work there, you got you've got to ask the important questions, things that are important to you. And these are the questions that were important to me when I was in interviews, and I would ask them. Sometimes I would get uh, good questions. Uh, sometimes I would ask, you know, there'd be terrible questions, you know, or. Uh, you know, that you have to be able to ask. And it's five questions every youth pastor should ask. Their, uh, this is my questions. These are important to me. Number one, where do you think the church will be in three to five years, right? Because some pastors are thinking about dipping out while you're sitting there, while they're interviewing you, they're thinking about their next move out of that church. And so I'm asking, if they can't tell me 
a little bit about the future and their dreams, that may pause me for a second, right? The second is, what is your current process of discipleship? I want to know how you're going to take a believer from from the baby stages, the immature stages, and mature that believer. That's important to me. Uh, You know what? If they don't have that process in, it's going to be a long slog, you know? Um, The third thing is, what was the last outreach the church had, and was it successful? Why? Because evangelism was an important part of the equation for me. I want to know if a church knows how to do an outreach. And and what was when was the last outreach? If, they, if their last outreach was two years ago, that tells me something, that outreach on a regular basis is not fundamentally part of the DNA of that church. The fourth question is, does the youth ministry have a budget? Why? Because if they're going to cheat the youth ministry, if they're going to just dumb it down and you're getting, you know, uh, uh, you know, junk over it, you know, uh, you know, what was the, what was it been in the past? What's the youth bitch been? What's it, what it is now? And you say, these are bold, brash questions, Paul. Well, I'm just saying that I, for one, am tired of just settling. And I don't think any youth pastor should settle, right? If you have questions, ask them. They're important, especially if you're married and you're going to bring your wife or your kids into the church. Ask the hard questions. And then if they don't, if they, you know, you're not going to find the perfect church, but at least ask the questions that would think would satisfy your deep desire to, 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 you know, the kind of church that you could at least work with and they're heading in the direction you want to go. And the fifth question is what book are you or the staff currently reading? Because that tells you something, whether they're reading books or blog posts, you may want to ask them now because obviously, you know, people reading and so forth, ask them what they're reading, ask them what, you know, if they watch YouTube videos, ask them, you know, because that tells you where they're getting some of their ideas from. If they're reading a Joel Osteen book, that tells you a little bit about philosophy, or ideology. If they're reading a John Piper book, that is a, you know, once again, that is philosophy, ideology, theology. And if those things don't line up for you, then you should probably maybe take a pass. Otherwise you say, oh, I could deal with it. I can endure until it comes to a place, until you are at a place where it doesn't. And so, you know, so I would encourage you to think through the process. If you're in a church now that is you know, uh, you're displeased with, um, it's okay. You're, you're going to make it through. If you're, if you're wanting to change churches, these are things you've got to think about, right? If you're not in a church yet, well, then you're in luck because these are going to help you. These questions are going to help you do that. Um, also, a, a guy named Michael Seaver has a blog post called Choose Your Boss, Not Your Job. And uh, he lists a couple of things here. Um, of good bosses. And I would say they're also, uh, you know, good descriptions of good pastors, uh, focused on people, focused on keeping people. If a pastor is focused on writing his next book, or if he's focused on uh, launching his next TV broadcast, if he's focused, you know, focused on keeping people. In other words, he's not just, he's not, they're not disposable. People aren't disposable, especially not in the church. In a business somewhere, maybe, in some corporate thing, maybe. But in a church, we ought to be, people ought to be the focus, right? Um, Second thing is delegates authority, right? That once you have, not only does he delegate the assignment, but he delegates the authority. The third thing is trustworthy, 
right? The fourth thing uh, is servant or transformational leader. In other words, are they a servant? Are they, does that pastor see you and the other staff member as people that he also serves, or are you just people that serve him to accomplish just his dream and vision? And now we're there to help him. Yes, dream and vision. But does he serve? Does he serve? Uh, the uh, one, two, three, four, fifth thing is uh, consistent in decision making. In other words, is his decision making erratic? Uh, is 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 it like is it all across the board here? Is it all over the place? Is it out in left field? Is there a process to making these decisions? Does it go through the board? Does the pastor make decisions by himself? You know, those kind of things. Consistent decision-making, right, in the process. Uh, the last thing is being empathetic, right? Being empathetic and, uh, and saying, look, I understand how you feel. It's not just being author- authoritarian all the time. It's not, uh, you know, some of these things that the bad traits are, which is the opposite of everything I just read, but the bad traits that Michael Siever lists are uh, chases people away, micromanages, uh, fear-based, do your job or you're going to get fired, um, you know, uh, uh, authoritarian, uh, always having to be right, uh, inconsistent decision-making. In other words, it is just willy-nilly and out of the air uh, decision-making, and then also cold and self-focused, you know, and, uh, and he's right. You know, we have to uh, choose uh, how we're going to, how are we going to choose? Are we going to choose the church, the kind of church, the culture of the church, or are we going to choose the leader that we're going to spend time with? Right, and that's the deal. That's the that's the crux of all of that. And so, I hope that in sharing this, that I've given you some uh, insight or some because, like I said, I have chosen badly in the past, and uh, I hope that I will not uh, choose badly in the future. Uh, but I have been, you know, at my church now for six years, and I do not see myself going anywhere. So that's praise the Lord for that. And so I'm going to just continue um, continue doing this. Continue. Uh, uh, where I'm at. But if you're out there and you're looking for the next church or you are uh, in a church uh, that you're struggling with and you're looking to get out, then these are the questions and things you may want to look at, choosing the leader over choosing the church. All right. So that is the meat of the lesson today, folks. Now it's time for nerding out. Nerding out. What have I been nerding out about lately? Uh, what have I just been kind of consumed with? Well, this past uh uh, this Sunday, in fact, uh, today, uh, we wound up doing, I've been really focused on our missions trip to, El, uh, to uh, Costa Rica, and we did a uh, our crosswalk, so I've been doing that, uh, working on that. I took my son, been, you know, thinking about this, I took my son to a Fall Out Boy concert, and um, and that was different. It was, uh, opening was done by uh, Paris and AWOL Nation. I liked AWOL Nation, maybe even more than Fall Out Boy. I mean, Fall Out Boy's got all the hits, and it was a rock and roll show, folks. Let me tell you what. In fact, it was the first secular concert I'd been to in I don't know how many years. I'd probably uh, 30 years, maybe, something like that. I mean, the first secular concert I ever went to, and the only at that time, was Quiet Riot uh, opening up. I don't know if they opened up for Wasp, they may have opened up for Wasp. If, if you're a metalhead, then you know what I'm saying. If not, just trust me, it was an eye-opening experience at 19 years old, I believe. So, or however old it was, I think 17, maybe 18 years old. And so anyway, uh, so I took my son thinking, you know, Fallout Boy, I thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to see there? And well, the times they are changing, I saw families there. I saw uh, dads and daughters. In fact, I sat next to a dad and his daughter. Uh, I saw dads and sons. 
friends, like me and my son. I saw, uh, like I said, all kinds of things there. And, and it was a rock and roll show. You know, nothing got out of control. No fights broke out, uh, unlike mine, where there were fights. But it was a different kind of concert. It was a different kind of concert. It was a metal concert. You had a different uh, idea and framework. There was a bunch of people standing around versus in seats and things like that. So uh, that's very different. Uh, I've also been nerding out about, by the way, I'd like to know if you've been to a concert lately, what was the last concert you went to? Let me know your thoughts on going to concerts. You can tell me at the, uh, the D project at me.com. That's my email. Uh, I've also been nerding out about daredevil season two. I have to say uh, I am, <laughs> I am just all over this thing, man. There's a ton of spiritual lessons. There's a ton of, uh, I mean, where uh, Matt Murdock, who is Daredevil, um, you know, from his Catholic background and all these things, I mean, it, I mean, it is really, really uh, kind of a, just a cool show and where you these things kind of leap out at you about this character of faith, uh, you know, and how he works out the morality in his mind and uh, and how he talks to, you know, the, his priest and how he shares. And it's just really, I'm just really nerding out about it because it's just, I'm just, I'm, I am binging. Yes, I am. And um, I just think it's really, really cool. So I don't know if you're into Daredevil season two on Netflix, by the way. Uh, once again, it is a rough show. It's like watching The Walking Dead. Um, and so, you know, if you're not into that, then that is totally fine. But I totally uh, get into Daredevil. Number one, I love Marvel superheroes. I love all the movies. I love all that stuff. Uh, I did not go see Deadpool. I just want to throw that out there, that there are limits. And so I do not encourage you to go see Deadpool either, uh, just because it is a nasty. Uh, so anyway, uh, that being said... Uh, Daredevil season two. And that is what I am nerding out about right now. Would love to know what you're nerding out about. What is it you're into? You can send me an email at thedprojectatme.com and let me know. And uh, But if you're looking to dig a little deeper into uh, spirituality and culture, uh, Daredevil season two definitely has some of that. Stories of redemption. And uh, so now we come to that place in the show where we, uh, hopefully I have given you something, some things to keep your youth ministry moving forward, maybe with the peeps and things like that. Um, also in your training, as far as questions you should ask, maybe at your next church, but also uh, we also got to stay motivated. We also have to stay in a place where our hearts are our, our jump started, God jump starts our hearts uh, with something that we consider and think about and pray through. Um, and this is a quote here by Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn says, and I don't, I do believe this is true to a degree. I don't know if it's a hundred percent true. I haven't, I think it is, but it says, he says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I would tend to believe that is true. Um, I tend to be, uh, I spend time with, with people, um, uh, not a ton of people just cause you know, it, it goes off and you know, my life goes all kinds of different directions and things. Um, I tend to be a little bit of a loner. And so, you know, I've, I've me, myself and I, that's three people. Uh, so I tend to be most like me. I try not to be copycats, but I am influenced by the, you know, the people are there around me. And so for you, the question, ask yourself this, who am I 
hanging around? Who are the five people I'm hanging around right now? And what is the impact they are having on me? Is it positive? Is it negative? If it's negative, if the people that I'm hanging around right now, then the question is, what am I willing to do to change that? And say, I want to be more successful, Paul. Well, hang out with some more successful people. And, uh, and it, it, they'll, you know, whether that's the p- things you read or the, uh, the podcast you listen to, um, the YouTube videos you watch, whatever that may be, that may be a lot of social media people you hang out with, uh, a lot of people on YouTube, all those kind of things uh, that you're hanging out with. And I would put those people in that category because they influence our ideology and our philosophy and our theology. Uh, are those five people good for you? Those five people, maybe it's two real life people and three social people. Um, but think about that for a moment and ask yourself, am I a better person because of these five people? And if they're, you're not, then consider exchanging some of the people that you're you're hanging out with for people that you should be hanging out with, and then go make friends with those people. Go make friends with the people that you, you know, my wife was always good about that when I go into this, is go find the people you want to be friends with and go be friends with them, you know, go over to them and be friendly. You know, the Bible says that, right? If he who wants friends must be friend, must show himself friendly. And so... Go show yourself friendly to the people that you want to be friends with, the people you want to hang out with, the people you want to joke with, the people that you want to have conversations with. Uh, find those people, and then you'll become those people. You'll become like-minded people. And of course, you always want to make sure that they're you know, godly and that they have uh, you know, people of faith. And there may be some people you know, that you hang out with that are not very strong in the faith, and they're, maybe they're hurting or they're undercutting your faith. And so... All that being said today, guys, I just want to tell you that I appreciate you guys being here. I hope that you're motivated. I hope that you are because your kids need you. Your church needs you to be motivated in your role and in your responsibilities because if you're not motivated, if you're not uh, you know, uh, psyched up, if you're not energized by the Holy Spirit in your life, um, you know what? You're going to struggle and struggle and struggle. And struggling isn't a sin per se, right? It's just you were in a defeatist mentality. And I believe God wants us to live uh, a life of, of, of joy and of peace and of kindness and all those things. But if the people around us are discouraging us and putting us down and we're not, we're not, you know, we're hanging around people, as they say, uh, I'd rather hang around, I'd rather be in a place where I'm celebrated, not tolerated. And you're just around people that are always negative and it's impacting you. Maybe it's time to find some new people to hang with. Otherwise, you'll become like those people. So guys, stay motivated, stay motivated. Your kids need you, your church needs you. God needs you to stay motivated. Allow him to change your life. Go to the Lord in prayer and say, Father, who are the people I'm hanging out with and who are the people I don't need to hang out with? And show me the people, God, that I do need to hang out with, whether that's better, uh, more adults rather than less, you know, more adults, less kids. Find some uh, some good people online that you can hang with and chat with, whatever it may be. Go do those things and go be healthy uh, for the Lord's sake, that you might be healthy and that you might then be healthy with the relationship you have around you. And you'll be healthy to your kids and your wife and your family if you have those and, of course, other church members. So, guys, thanks for joining me today for the uh, for the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the podcast that keeps your youth ministry moving forward and keeps you motivated. I hope that you uh, enjoyed today. I hope that you got a lot from it. And I hope you will go to thedisciplesproject.net, sign up for the Fresh Impact newsletter, get the free notes, the bonus stuff, all that kind of good stuff. 
And until next time, guys, uh, happy Easter to you. I will be with you next Friday, so we'll have Easter time then as well. And uh, But until then, go have yourself a great week. Uh, enjoy the Lord and enjoy your salvation. You know, have the joy of your salvation. And guys, just have a great week. I appreciate you guys so much. And until next week, guys, have a good one. We'll talk to you later.